dude, my voice is a little shot. So, it, sorry. Is Chris chafing the back of your throat? He wishes. <laughs> I am Lou Page, the busy zombie lord, and you're listening to Joe Blow Horror Show. Yeah, bud. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, bud. <laughs> Back welcome, friends. welcome back, friends, to the Joe Blow Horror Show, where we rate, review, discuss, and break down horror movies, not horror films. God damn it, Bobby. <laughs> I'm sorry. Welcome back, friends. As you heard, Hank Hill introduced us. This is the Joe Blow Horror Show, your go-to spot for horror movie reviews that sometimes... I don't they know. get frisky. They get wonky. They get a little frisky. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, we've been going off the rails a little bit, but we came back strong. We came back strong with Caliber and with Company of Wolves. Yes. And then we got then we got wonky again with Leprechaun in space. But I, I have a feeling that we're gonna be uh, knocking it out the park again this time. I I got it actually. The Joe Blow Horror Show is. Like if you sat, if you're left-handed and you sat on your right hand to give yourself the stranger, that's what the Joe Blow <laughs> Horror Show is. So the left hand is something like Horror Movie Weekly with Mr. Watson and Jay the Dead, and then the oh. Joe Blow Horror Show is is, is the numb right hand. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, uh, you know what? No, no, I beg to differ. I hope they listen too. <laughs> we're renegades, man. We're rebels. We're the we're we're the underdogs here. We're we're punching up. We're punching up. We're the only ones that are brave enough to go into the titty twister just before sundown. So I'm just gonna God leave. Damn that. Right. Well, that uh, honey-haired voice you can hear is none other than your favorite host, Hogzilla himself. Tibu, what's up, buddy? How you been? Well, um, <laughs> I was. How have I been? I've been waiting for you to stop burning all your fucking uh, trash up there in Iowa so we could hop on here and talk to each other. Uh, <laughs> I was telling Boss Tuna before the show, he needs to use better fire. He's got he's got that that Iowa wood stove fire going on. I'm like, bruh, you need some of that Louisiana heat. You gotta you gotta bring the thunder when you fucking burning that shit. I see. I didn't need the heat. I'm glad it was a little bit cooler out. My wife spends more on Amazon than. I care to know. I'm I'm glad we have we're one of those crazy couples that have separate bank accounts. And it's because I would not be married if I knew how much money she spent on Amazon. So when you have we're lucky we've got a huge barn because we probably had enough boxes that would fill up a one stall garage. So while it's the springtime, everything's wet. I was like, I need to burn that stuff. So yeah, I was a little bit late to the party tonight. I apologize, but you know what? Happy Easter to you, Tibu. Happy Easter to our listeners. 
no, we don't have a sweet Easter episode, but I did find a movie that we are going to cover next Easter. So one of our oh, fans has to like reference this and remind us next spring. Be like, hey, you promised <laughs> us, you promised us that Easter special. I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode that was out or St. Patty's Day episode. We have to do Passion of the Christ for Easter. That's what we'll do. <laughs> I know I, I say that, but I'm not kidding. I was the year number one for the nightclub. That was going to be the movie I was going to do around Easter. And I was going to do this whole historical account and all this amazing stuff that I had planned. And it just got buried, man. It got buried deep. Dude, I don't know that I've ever seen that in its entirety. Isn't that like three hours long or something? No, I think it's Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Mel Gibson directing. Um, And he he never fails at at making a good movie, including Passion of the Christ. Coming from a non-religious guy, just got to say that movie is still very much worth your worth your time. Huh. Tell you for sure. There's there's a werewolf in it. No shit. For for a brief second. Yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Just saying. True story. It's a true, it's based on a true story, I hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all of the documentary has been washing the blood of the, the lamb. Yeah. Yeah. It's a documentary slash found footage. Toby found Hooper eat your heart out. A couple, couple thousand years ago. <laughs> well, folks, before we pop into the episode, just a couple quick things for you. Make sure you guys are following us on our socials. We are pretty active on Instagram at the Joe Blow Horror Show, Facebook at Joe Blow Horror Show. So, um, what is our slasher? We've got like ten and a half thousand it's, fans or whatever on slasher. Like, I, I think I checked today, it was 10.4,000. Are you just sitting on there, like adding people left and right? How the fuck are you? I've got so many sitting in my accept box that, like, I feel like I spend way more than I need to each day, just going and hitting accept requests, but I'm glad keep sending them. We, we love that 10.4 thousand followers as of April 2nd or whatever it is on slasher. Yes. That's amazing. Twitter. Twitter. 1.7 K compared to Joe blows mighty uh, 10,000. That is insane. Yeah. That's that's yep. Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I love it. So did I miss anything? We got uh, slasher, Twitter, oh, Facebook, Instagram. You're forgetting the most important and the newest oh, thing. Yes. Discord. We have a Joe Blow Horror Show Discord server. So you want to pop in, talk to Boss Tuna, talk to me, T-Bo. You want to talk to some nightclub folk, maybe some shuttle folk. You want to talk to Grindhouse Zombie? Up on there, all right? We, we're trying to start like a little community of people just to have fun and shoot shit throughout the day, whenever you can, whenever you want to pop in. I, I, I enjoy every time I look at my phone, I've got the little icon, the little notification pops up that someone is saying something in Discord. It's usually Rickles with a, with a meme or a GIF. <laughs> and uh, it's super fun. So you can search Joe Blow Horror Show on Discord uh you know we'll go ahead and request that invitation we'll let you in we're we're active on there every single day people are chatting about something or another movies they've seen recommendations you guys can ask us anything if you go on discord you should be able to search for joe blow horror show or drop us a line email at joe what is our email joe blow horror, horror show, show at gmail.com 
pop us a line. We'll be happy to send you that link. Also, if you're, if you're one that doesn't like notifications like me, you can turn notifications off. So you're not getting, you know, well, yes, because I will say if you have your notifications on with the sound or the buzzing, your pocket will blow up if you're part of the Joe Blow Discord. But, yeah, you could silent the notifications. That way, when you check your phone like me, you just see, oh, shit, people are talking. And you could choose to jump in whenever you want. That's the beauty of it, too. You know, we're not requiring you to sign away, uh, you know, your soul or your house or your wife or kids. Not yet. Come on. Well, shh. That's the master plan. Uh, you just come on, join the Joe Blow Discord. I think I think I think this is a lot of fun, especially. It know. is. It's we've only had it for a couple of weeks now, uh, maybe three weeks, but it's 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 been a lot of fun. We're having a good time in there. So, pop in, join the conversation. But before we go any further, I'm my mouth is getting kind of dry. I've got a nice stogie lit up here. Nothing goes better with a stogie than something to drink. So. However, before we pop into our favorite watering hole, we are always getting new fans, new downloads. So just to give you guys a little heads up with the first leg of our trip, this is where we are always going to talk about a little bit of news. We call it our horror happenings. We talk about a couple quick reviews. We call it our shotgun reviews. We have a discussion topic, and then we finish you guys off with the Gluck Gluck 9000 two-handed circular stroke <laughs> motion with our segment so we call this the first leg of our trip and this is where we are just having some bullshit having some fun on our way to the drive-in where we are going to have our double feature so the double feature this week is going to be the borrower from 1991 and skull the mask from 2021 but before we get to the drive-in we got a couple other stops we have to make so what do you say we pull this RV over and we pop in for a, uh, a, a a brewski at our favorite watering hole, the Titty Twister? This is when Boss Tuna becomes Beer Tuna. Beer Tuna. All right, Tibu, why don't you go first? What do you got tonight, bud? Well, I went ahead and I stopped in at a, a local place, where, well, local where I'm at, uh, working on the road right now. This is an IPA from Southern Prohibition Brewing, SoPro Brewing. It's called the Crowd Control Imperial IPA. Now, there's nothing descriptive on the can, um, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to go ahead and sip it right now. It's not the best IPA I've ever had. It's 8% by volume. It tastes tinny. It, tinny. It tastes, yeah, it tastes like it's been in the can. And you know what? Because I'm a terrible co-host and I haven't sent you your Joe Blow Horror Show glass yet, which you can take on the road with you. I will not. And you can sip your brews. You have to. You I have can. to. It, it's going to get ruined. Get yourself a Joe Blow Horror Show lunchbox or something to store it in. <laughs> I will. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah, it it tastes it tastes tinny. It, it still has that you know that juicy kind of quality that an IPA will have, but mm -hmm. it, it's it's uh, and I hate saying that. I'm not trying to put down Southern Prohibition, 
it's just not the best. It's not the worst IPA I've ever had either, though. So hmm. if you're looking for a middle of the road, a crushable IPA, this to me is like an 8% crushable. All right. It tastes, it tastes oh. crushable. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. And yeah, for me, it is fucking crushable, motherfucker. Well, I'm, I'm saying that's impressive for an 8%er. That's impressive. I'm not only the herbal enchanter. I'm also the hops devourer. The hops devourer. Er. Yeah, it's not a good term. I just made it up. So I'll work on that. You know, Tito, it's been brought to my attention. I was going to save this from the show. I, I had a, a, a line dropped to me, or how does that term go? Someone dropped me a line? I don't yeah. know. We, we used to, it's been brought to my attention that we used to actually rate these beers oh. one through five or zero through five quarter points on the beer advocate. We've gotten away from that lately, but you can oh, follow me the untapped on, anymore. Yeah. Or yeah not, not beer advocate. I'm sorry. Untapped. You can follow me on untapped under boss tuna. My own brewery is in there. Boss tuna brewing where you can see the Joe blow horror show beers, our famous pumpkin beer. We've got two editions of that in the chocolate cherry stout. Also, I'm going to use this opportunity to tell you, I have my next recipe developed. Oh, I will be, yes, I will be brewing the, it'll be late spring, early summer edition of a new Joe blow beer, all new Joe blow beer. So stay tuned. We will debut that on the show. And like always, we will give uh, a couple of bottles of those away to some listeners. So, Make sure you stay tuned with that. But Tibu, that brings me back to my initial question. What do you rate this beer? What are you going to rate this? Okay, because because again, because of the taste kind of throwing me off, I'm like, ah, I would give this like a three, like a three out of five. It's right in the middle. This is the middle of the road beer. It's it's not terrible by any stretch. A little underwhelming, but only because I've had better. If this was the first IPA I ever had, it'd be a five, you know. Right, but I'm gonna go ahead and give this a, a Southern. Well, it's been developed over the Joe Blow years. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I tend to only get certain beers for the show because I'm on the road when I record. I'm not able to always go to uh, a specialty, you know, alcohol dispensary or anything like that. An alcohol most, dispensary. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Um, most most a liquor people, store. Well, but I mean, you know, yeah, okay. I'm trying to make it sound fucking fancy, son. No, you did. Uh, I think you combined a couple of your favorite um, <laughs> hobbies, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I usually end up either with uh, <laughs> Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA or Elysian Space Dust. Those are my road beer, go-to road beers. And appropriate enough because we're on the Joe Blow road, road trip. Yes. Uh, but. This, this tonight, I'm going to give it a three, just a solid three. It's good. I love that you bring, I always love when you bring something new. So that, that kind of gets me excited. I like that. you. I try to, I do try to, I just always don't have the ability. One day that'll all change. That's also why I'm not active on untapped as much. I'm on untapped as well, by the way, listeners, but, um, I, but are you following me? Yeah, exactly. Go follow me, but you know. I don't know. Maybe one day it'll be much more uh, up to date. But as of right now, I just want to, because I'm sitting here, I'm looking around, the shadows are starting to creep up on us. What are you drinking over there? So I've got a brewery that I'm, I'm a fan of, and they've, they're a friend of the show. They've been on the show a handful of times before. This is Founders 
Brewing, and I believe I've had their KBS breakfast out on here before, but this one caught my eye. I've had a couple of these Belgian triples and Belgian quads over the time, and I've never had one from Founders. So this one is from the Founders Bottle Shop. This one's called the Belgian Twist. I'll read you a little snippet of this one here. A Belgian triple with a twist. This beautiful beverage is brewed with a substantial amount of blue agave nectar, highlighting and heightening the existing fruity notes and rounding out the sweet body of this golden straw-colored triple or triple. I think I think they call them triples too. I'm not really. I sure. don't know either. I, I, that's we we. I kind of mentioned that the last time I had one. I had a triple or a triple on on. Oh no, it was a dead crack. <laughs> oh, what's happening? Is it foaming? Oh no, it's, crisis. It's, it's, it, it came a little early. I swear it's never happened before. All <laughs> oh, over no. my hand. You need to drink that shit. Why are you letting it spill? Drink it. Drink it. Oh fuck. We just had, we just had a premature ejaculation on the show tonight, everybody. That triple was, was, was ready to come out. I'll tell you what, it's a 10 percenter. This is one of the more mild, and that's not necessarily a b- bad thing. Right. And, and I almost said banana because I get banana from it. That's the one thing with these Belgian triples or Belgian quads. You get some really funky flavors in a good way. But, yeah, this one is really smooth. I'm glad you saved it, though. That was almost a party foul. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that one's really good. It's I, I founders. I'd have to. I'll, I'll Google that here in a minute and get back to you where it's, it's, it's gotta be a somewhere in the Midwest. Cause I haven't seen them up in Minnesota, but the lower Midwest of Iowa, but oh, Minnesota. notes of banana, not, not bad, not bad. I would say that's gotta be pushing a three, seven, five or a four. It's pretty good. Usually these, these triples, these higher ABVs are a little bit, um, they've, they've got some horsepower on them, but I like, I, well, and when it comes to, experimenting like trying new beers i can't wait to honestly find me a spot like 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 how we have the titty twister here where we like to come and have beers that we've picked up or whatever some of our favorites our tried and trues i need to find me a spot where i can uh you know grab grab new and fun and interest interesting things holy shit that guy's playing a human body for a guitar oh god i've seen that before uh boss I think we might want to head for the Winnebago, man. Um, yep. Um, we're we're, we're going to get your running shoes on, tie them up tight. Uh, before we head out of here, though, it's Grand Rapids, Michigan is founders. But, yeah, we better get out of here <laughs> before uh, <laughs> it gets real. So <laughs> grab your beer. Let's roll. As soon as we get in the RV, uh, we are going to just going to bust into some news here. So let's let's see what's going on in the world of horror these days. Holy shit, do we have an RB or or BV RV or a Winnebago? Oh. And we'll be right back after the break with sports. Actually, I'm being told that we have some breaking news. We are receiving unconfirmed reports of random acts of bizarre behavior and mass confusion from all over the city. Well, as we broke in with earlier, there have been widespread reports of confusion and erratic behavior as well as rabid-like symptoms being reported all over the city. Now, whatever's happening does not appear to be... According to the TV, the news broadcast, there's like zombies and shit taking over. I thought they were... were, 
some some Dracula's goddamn werewolf. <laughs> whatever, whatever the things are that want to suck your blood. I don't know. That news lady doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. I've got some real fucking breaking news. At the time and the date of this fucking recording, weed is legal from sea to shining sea. Was that was that April Fools or is that real life? That's real life, real shit. Yeah, Bob. I thought it was just like passed in the house or something. Doesn't it got to go to the, the Senate? Shut the fuck up, Bostuna. I think it's got to go to the Senate. They need to stop playing games. <laughs> they need to stop. Look, man. Look, all I gotta say is, let's jump into some horror happenings. It's like my sound effect. <laughs> well, since the uh, the pretty lady with the news broadcast was talking about zombies, I have some zombie news. To go along with our segment of the week, which is Zombie Gem. There's a new zombie movie that is called Zombie. I'm sorry, it's not called Zombie. It's called Virus 32. This hits Shutter April 21st, 2022, which is going to be right around the time this drops. Yes, I'm going to date myself, so I better get my shit together and get this out. But April 21st, look for it on Shutter. It's going to be called Virus 32. You know that... Shudder's got a very good track record for zombie movies, if I may say, from Yummy to Zombie for Sale, which wasn't really my favorite, but I know, I believe, was it you or Rickles that saw that and we're talking highly of it? I think it was Rickles. Rickles, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I haven't seen that. But they also put out Train to Busan and Peninsula. Um, I don't know if those were released first on Shudder, though. No, 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 but I'm saying that they, they're, they are the service that hosts them. So right. Yeah. I, I guess I was talking more along the lines of, of I don't know if this oh, is Shutter, Shutter original or exclusive or something. But yeah. I think that's what this one is. But I, yeah, yummy was for sure. I'm drawing a blank on any other one, but it's it's I've got high hopes. My expectations are set fairly high for this because if Shutter is going to put this out, I'm, I'm kind of excited. So look forward. April 21st, Virus 32. What you got, Tibu? I'm a huge fan of a movie that Grindhouse Zombie hates. Uh, it, <laughs> or at least chapter two. I don't know how he feels about part one. I forget. But that being said, HBO Max is reportedly in development with a show called Welcome to Dairy. It is a prequel to the uh, Andy Muschietti It films. So It, Pennywise, is going to return on the small screen at HBO Max. They've got a writer's room. Uh, apparently the story is supposed to be set in the 1960s leading up to the events of part one. And it's also going to explore further the origins of Pennywise. So Bill Skarsgård is going to return for that. That's going to be awesome. I really hope that happens. Really hope that comes through. And uh, I'm just going to hop right into my next little bit of news. And, and this, this excited the fuck out of me. Fuck Jason Momoa. All right. Uh-oh. Bill Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård is is a is a uh, he's just look at him, he's charismatic and look at it, look, just at, look it. at it, let's look at it. Ah. Just, <laughs> he, he's gonna be the crow man. He's gonna be Eric fucking Draven in the new I crow. I think he's gonna be perfect for that movie because I think he's perfect. Bill Skarsgård is dominating right now, man. Oh, wait, Bill Skarsgård's gonna be the crow? Yeah. Okay, I thought you were okay. What's up with Jason Momoa then? Oh, he was going to be the crow before. Oh, I think he would have been a really good crow. 
Fuck that big, massive, fucking crazy looking person. I do got to say, we, we have a lot of listeners in Iowa and he is from Iowa. He's from like 45 minutes north of where I'm at. He always comes to Des Moines. He was in Des Moines last week. He always stops by his favorite breakfast place, which happens to be my favorite breakfast place called the Waveland Cafe. So he just randomly will pop in and this cafe is tiny. It's friggin' tiny. It's, it's got maybe, I don't know, 10, 12 tables in the whole thing, but there's always a line and it looks, I mean, it's a dive. It's a dive for sure. But yeah, he pops in. He's super nice guy here, but yeah, I, 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 I guess I, I, I'm more or less with his long hair. I, I guess he would aesthetically fit the crow. No, don't get me wrong. Randomly, he would but... be badass. He would be badass. I'm not, I, I'm not, I, I love Jason Momoa. I'm just fucking around. Um, but fuck him, man. Fuck, fuck all the, the, the that bullshit. Bill Skarsgård, man. Pennywise. He's going to be the new Eric Draven, bro. Yeah, he doesn't seem bad. I don't know. Bill Skarsgård is is a small, scrawny. We'll, you know we'll see, though. Guy He's is? a phenomenal actor. He's tall as shit. He's taller than you. No. Yeah. Bill Skarsgård? What are you, 6'4"? Six, 6'4". Four? Six, four. Okay, he might be as tall as you, then. He's definitely not as good looking. No, no, that's true. He, but he is terrifying. All right. He, yeah, he, he's terrifying. He, you'll have to sell me on it. I mean, he's a great actor. I think he will, but he's just not intimidating. I think when you see him in the sting crow makeup, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think you're going to, you're going to be, cause I, I could picture it, man. Anyway, I'm excited. So that that's a bit of Stephen King and awesome rest in peace. Brandon Lee news. Right. No one will ever replace you, sir. But I'm looking forward to another uh, iteration of The Crow. Love that story. Love the, love that film. My last little bit of horror happenings. I do have to give a shout out to Mr. Rickles on this one here. Ricky's ripping riffs. Because when <laughs> I read this, I thought of Rickles. I think he's going to appreciate this. If you guys don't know Gibson, which is popular for their guitars, Gibson TV, it's a, it's a station. Um, you, you can watch it on YouTube, but they have a new show coming out. It's called Metal and Monsters. This is hosted by Count D, who is the basis for Rob Zombie. Nothing goes together better than metal and horror. Metal and Monsters is exactly that. We are going to be having this episode that's going to be coming out here. It's probably going to be out by the time you hear this. The first episode talks about the 35th anniversary of Dream Warriors. And if you don't know what that is, that's the third iteration of the Friday or Friday, Jesus, Mary and Joseph uh, nightmare on Elm street. Damn. How much of that beer did you drink, dude? I'm just fumble fucking my words there, bud. <laughs> Inhaled too much Amazon box smoke earlier. <laughs> but, uh, the first episode is talking about the 35th anniversary of the Dream Warriors debut, the Nightmare on Elm Street third edition iteration. This is also going to have Robert England, who plays Freddy Krueger, and this is going to have Dokken. Dokken is known because that, that's got a killer soundtrack on that movie, and Dokken is going to, what's his name, like Ed Dokken or something like that? He's going to be on it too, so that looks that sounds pretty cool. Make sure you check them out, Metal and Monsters. Yeah, you are fumble fucking. You are no longer boss tuna. You are the fumble fuckleby over here. You just, I don't know what's going on, man. Oh, it's I, like I, I it's like even... if Grindhouse and Rickles had a kid. I... <laughs> oh shit! 
I don't even know what the hell you've been talking about. <laughs> Music and monsters and Freddy Krueger. What the hell? What's happening, man? <laughs> I'm just tired and worn out from running from those vampires at the Diddy Twister, all right? You're tired and worn out from burning all your wife's purchases. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I don't know about you, but why don't we talk about what we've been watching lately with some horror happenings? Fucked all that up. You are. What is happening right now? Are yeah. you having a stroke? Are I you wrote, having a stroke? I wrote. I wrote HH after that horror happenings. Oh my god! I told you I was getting fucking white girl wasted earlier. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, that's what it is. All right, hold on. Let me let me let me bring us into this one. All right. <laughs> Enough of this horror happening shit. All right. We know what's going on. Now now everyone's up to date. I want to talk about some movies that we've been watching recently. Huh? Some movies we want to show a little bit of love. Maybe, maybe a little bit of not love. I don't know. Let's do some shotgun reviews, bud. For that arrogance. I shall see you dead. Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. All right, Tibu, talk, talk to me, Goose. Uh, uh, tentacles from 2021. That movie. It's 2020, is... actually. I think. What? No, no. Go fuck yourself. That's it's the Hulu uh, nightmare into the dark into the dark. Yep. Yep. Okay. It's 2021. Don't come at me. Don't come okay, at me. All along. Right. Keep going. All along. Yeah. All along. Uh, <laughs> this this movie is so close to being like a psychosexual Cronenberg esque body horror Lovecraftian film. It's so close to being all of those things. It falls short, man. It falls fucking short. It didn't make my list for last year um, or the year before, whichever year it came out. It wouldn't make a top list, but I still would say watch it. Maybe someone else out there will find more in it than, 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 than what I'm giving it. I still enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. It, it, the movie's about this couple who, uh, they, well, they just meet. Um, I forget the exact circumstances, but I believe the girl, it's a boy and a girl. I think she's remodeling one of his homes for him. And they develop like a really, really quick romantic relationship. And what this movie could have done when it, when it comes to translating how passion can change people, how relationships can change people. It, I just, I, I feel like it's a kind of like a half cooked idea that they didn't really know what they wanted to do with yet. And that, that's just sort of my takeaway, but I still think it's very much worth watching. And yes, you heard me say it's Cronenberg-esque. And yeah, it is. There, there, there's some really good visuals in this. The story, I thought, was it, it could have been refined a bit, but it was weird enough and, and uncommon enough where it really kept my attention. I think I was in the six and a half, seven range with this. Yeah, for me, it was a seven, I think. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it was a good flick. I definitely recommend it. There are some gems with the Hulu Into the Dark series for sure. I just wish that that IMDb would get their shit together and make it easier to search these movies because they make it impossible. You have to search them by pretty much the director or an actor in it because it comes up the way that IMDb 
hosts it, I guess you could call it, is they, it, it's almost like a, um, an episode in a series. So it'd be like trying to search for an episode of Game of Thrones, for example, which doesn't make sense, but it's super difficult to find them on IMDb. Hmm. Wow. That's my, that's what grinds my gears, I guess. That's my old man. <laughs> but no i never I, I didn't know that though that is fucked up yep the first one i want to talk about is a movie i saw i'm gonna let you guess my rating just off of what the the title is the title is zombie croc evil has been summoned oh folks <laughs> when i tell you I swim through the shit of zombie movies for you guys. It's because I swim through the shit of zombie movies. I will go balls deep into Tubi, into Amazon Prime, and I will pull out these movies that no one's ever heard of. And I'm, I will watch them for you guys, and I will give you honest feedback. This one is from 2015. Wait, wait, let me guess the rating based on the name. Yeah, okay. Zombie Croc Evil has been summoned. It's a 10. That's a 10 out of 10 title right there. Just saying. I, I, I would... I was hoping, based off the title, that this was going to be so bad it's good, but this might be the only movie I have ever rated a 1 out of 10. Oh! oh. Lower Than Darkness Falls, the lowest oh. rating on the Joe Blow Horror Show. This is, to date, Boss Tuna's lowest rated horror movie of all time. God help this movie. God help anyone associated with it. Normally, when I rate movies on Letterboxd, I will feel bad because there's been multiple occasions where I've gotten reached out to or whatever, however you're that you got the reach around from someone. Yep, in yep. I've, I've been like bent over tying my shoes. And next thing I know, there's a hand <laughs> coming up underneath and it would be from the director or someone involved with the movie. And then I'd feel like an asshole. I didn't hold back on this one. I didn't hold back. I hope, <laughs> I hope, you know, last episode, Tibu asked me, he said, could you do better? And after thinking about it, yeah, I could do better. If you give me the budget that this turd had, I will do better. I promise you. I promise you. So zombie croc evil has been summoned 2015 rated TV 14 coming in at way longer than it needs to be. And this could have been five minutes and still would have been shit. I'm giving it one out of 10. Where's it at? Where's it at? I believe this one's Tubi. I'm going to watch it right now. I'm stopping the episode. I'm going to go watch the show. <laughs> oh, all right. I, I, no. I'm going to start driving your way because I'm going to like cut that noose after you hang yourself halfway through. Trying to <laughs> Save me, boss. Tuna. Save me. All My right. eyes. You're going to gouge your eyes out with a rusty butter knife after <laughs> halfway through this. I'm going to be one of the motherfuckers at the end of uh, VHS. What is it? Uh, 94. <laughs> oh, my eyes are going to be sitting next to me on my lap and shit. You're gonna, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna want Ratman to come and eat you five minutes. Rat, that's fucking it, Ratma, son. Hell, Ratma. Yeah. What do you got right, for number two, bud? I got, and Rickles mentioned this on our end of the year list, and I wanted to shoehorn my way in, but he wouldn't let me. So I'm gonna do it now because he's not here to stop me. Haha. At Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, a history of folk horror is one of the best horror documentaries i've ever seen in my fucking life no shit and i've seen and i've seen a lot of them crystal lake memories 
the the fucking um what's that awesome freddy one uh shit i can't remember but it's something about elm street or something like that um nightmares in red white and blue i've seen a lot of different horror documentaries i i wish i would have came up with an actual list of them what is that dark ass beer you just poured this one is called the s'more stout this might have been on a past episode but it's a lake time brewery s'mores double pastry stout yes it's as delicious as it sounds it's the best it's the greatest it's got marshmallows chocolate graham cracker it's huge huge trust me boston a fucking stole beer from the titty twister on the way out he's been fucking uh Dude, i filled my pockets and ran <laughs> as much lie, as i wanted lie. to sit there and stare at that little show that was going on i saw the fangs coming out and i'm like nope nah that senorita took the stage and you put that beer in your little fanny pack that you got i saw you, you. would here's a would you rather would you rather spend a night at the winchester or would you rather spend a night at the titty twister the winchester fucking hands down hands down fuck fuck that man the winchester is just a a, a silly place i wouldn't even go that deep i wouldn't leave the foyer i would stay by the front door i know what that mansion is if i don't oh do i know what the mansion is do i know it's the winchester house you know it's no jesus mary and joseph that movie is so terrible i'm talking about the winchester pub i'm not talking about that movie i'm talking about the actual legend no i'm talking about the winchester pub in Shaun oh. of the dead or oh fuck how dare you for bringing up that movie that's just garbage i'm not bringing up the movie i'm bringing up the legend fuck that movie i'm talking about the myth fuck the myth yes i am no 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 the myth is amazing this is my question tibu all right listen all right um (laughs) the pub or the titty twister fuck dude man you're either getting fucking vampires that are vicious and crazy shapeshifters or just regular you know what i'm gonna go with the pub I feel like we'd have a better chance in there. I okay, feel like what about the Titty Twister or the Grand Ballroom of The Shining? Wait, like just hanging out? I mean, you know the, the shit that, that goes on in those places. The worst, the worst, the worst I have to worry about is like the waiter bumping into me and spilling shit on me. I mean, that's no big deal, no big deal at all. Yeah, well, I'm going with that. Okay, okay. Well, we all know know what happens after you leave that place, but okay. at least i'll be able to get fucking wasted with lloyd before i die oh oh, wait hold on hold on do i get to drink tequila running off of selma hayek's fucking heel and toes first or or... i do i do okay i'm I'm choosing the ballroom okay fair enough fair enough let's get this we need john henry to help build us some track to get back on track here we've gone off the rails i I just wanted uh Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched is on Shudder. It's a three-hour documentary about folk horror, and it starts at the origin of folk horror as a subgenre of horror with three films. It's uh, The Witchfinder General, The Wicker Man, and I can't remember the third one, but it's like a trifecta of folk horror, and from there the web spreads. And over the last, I don't know, man, 10, 12-ish years, it seems like with the resurgence and newfound popularity of horror movies, I fucking went to Walmart the other day and in the men's section, there were socks in a pack that said horror. And it was Freddy socks, exorcist socks, oh Jason God. socks, dude. I was like, this is incredible. 
I don't know why I didn't buy them. They were they were ten bucks for like six different pairs of horror themed socks. Just saying. What so you didn't buy them? I know, I know, I'm stupid. So with with the re, with horror becoming very very popular lately, like like the niche is growing. It's 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 kind of like the bastard child of superhero films. Superhero films dominate everything. Horror is this little cousin that they, you know, you push into the basement. You say shut the fuck up when when our friends are over. Um, <laughs> but I'll come I'll come play with you later when no one's around. Um, <laughs> I'm losing again. Where's the track? The tracks. Yeah. Where are the tracks? <laughs> Yeah, no, that reminds really... me. I'm going to throw a picture on Instagram here. One of these days of, I don't know if I said on the show or not. My wife got me this sick horror blanket with a bunch of old school classics like the mummy and Wolfman, but the shinings on there and some newer ones, but I've got an impressive. So I got to dress up a little bit for work. So I've got an impressive collection of horror socks I've got some sick horror shirts. I've I should throw a picture of that on Instagram. Maybe we'll do like a little, like a little, like a invite our fans to share their collection as well too. I think that'd be fun. They, they want they want to see you drip, cunt. Uh, Got to see that drip. Okay. What? That's I drip. Style. Yeah, it's your style. Okay. Okay. Yep. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not down with the lingo. I'm old. Oh, My last too, one. But- my last shotgun <laughs> review is Black Summer Season 2. And if I talked about this already, I apologize. But good God, this was so good. I'm already tempted to rewatch it. Black Summer Season 1 was good. I liked Season 2 significantly better. This is a 9 out of 10. Whoa. It's awesome. It's awesome. It was, it was near perfect. All I have to say is, I've been saying this for years on the show, fan of the show will, will know where I'm coming from. But when you mix survival horror, especially with winter for some, maybe it's Minnesota Midwest part of me, but I love, you know, winter and that feeling of cold and whatnot. This does exactly that. It's basically zombies set in a Northern climate with snow. And they answer those questions like you're, what happens if, you're in Northern Minnesota in the winter time and there's a zombie apocalypse. Well, this will show you what happens because they fucking freeze. It was awesome. It was one of those shows that I was able to smash through in just a handful of days. Normally when I watch a series, it takes me weeks because I watch one or two episodes here and there and take some time off. I, I smashed through all 10 of these episodes or 12 or whatever it was in a, just a matter of days. It was so good. It, 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 it hooked you each episode made you want to, tune in for the next one black summer season two from 2021 phenomenal loved it nine out of ten i wanted i, I did want to finish my point real quick oh sorry um, cut you off no it's all right that the, the 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 fact that horror has had this resurgence and folk horror has come with it very strong in fact i'm gonna go out on a limb and say some of the best horror movies of the last couple of years have been folk horror films and that term can be bent here and there there's a few movies I would argue could fall sort of into the folk horror camp that maybe might not necessarily fit, like maybe um, The Wind. Oh, I don't know. Was, that was one of my very, very, that was like my number two, I think, of 2020. That movie is incredible. Yeah. Um, I really want to rewatch that fucking Prairie Demons and shit, bro. That, that, I'm from the Prairie. I'm from the, that's the heartland of, of uh, uh, Acadiana. That, that's Cajun country is prairie land. So 
that kind of shit, you know, it runs in the blood, runs deep. Right. I love folk horror and um, check out. Uh, <laughs> uh, fuck. Now I'm turning into you. I've got brain farts. Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched. 10 out of fucking 10. It's a 10. Nice. I'll have to check that out. That three hour runtime is a little bit daunting because I'm, I'm not the biggest uh, folk horror, but I'll check it out for sure. I'll check it out. Also, too, since we're kind of in the, it, it's relevant, Joe Bob coming out end of April. I'm pumped. I'm pumped for a new Dude, season. Fuck yeah, I can't wait to be there. Opening fucking day. I'm going to, well, hopefully, because I, I try to watch it live when I can. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. Yep. But because, you know, Joe Bob goes on and on, which is awesome. But when you got work and stuff like that, uh, the next right. day, you can't can't always stay up till two in the morning. But fuck yeah, dude, I'm right there with you. I cannot fucking wait for, was it season four, right? I don't even know. It's it's season awesomeness. That's all I know. <laughs> Hell yeah. So we're going to keep this train rolling here. Let's hop into our discussion topic of this episode. Boss Tuna chose the discussion topic this week. It's very pertinent because I have just recently seen X in the theater, the new Ty West movie. That is a 2022, so we're not going to talk about that. What I will say is that it was very good. It was a lot better than I thought it would be. Ty West is a G. He's got some good, good movies out there. Check out The Roost if you have it. And that's an old, old school one of his. Well, not really old school, but one of his older ones. But the discussion topic this week is about post-credit scenes, also known as stingers or the credit cookie. I am just curious, Tibu, about what your overall thoughts and ideas are on the post-credit scene. So those that aren't familiar, a lot of movies over the years, particularly made popular by the, I would say the comic book movies, the Marvel, the superhero movies. Yep, yep. But if we think about it, they call the post-credit scene because they're either, you know, midway through the credits or at the end of the credits. This was seen originally as a reward for sitting through the credits. So typically these would set up a sequel or they would add a comedic element. They might throw some bloopers in at the end. This can also tie a movie together. It can also tie some loose ends together or fill in plot holes as well. The very first film to use one was actually The Silencers in 1966. So this does go back a ways. And what I will say is that even though most people are familiar and have heard of the stingers or the post-credit scenes, I think a lot of people either forget about them or they just don't care. And what I thought about this is when I go to the movie theater, at the end of the movie, I always, the first thing I do is I go on my phone and I Google, is there a post-credit scene to blank movie and i will sit through it i will say that i don't do that when i watch movies at home i don't know why but i i think it just goes it's because you paid for it yeah it's because you paid in a different way it's the whole event you know you got to sit there yeah i get it yep and especially when you're paying the prices you are now for the the tickets for movies it's insane but personally i'm a big fan of these and I think after this conversation, I'm going to be a little bit more cognizant as far as searching these out because they're, you know, for example, the one on at the end of, of X was really good, but that one 
may not be as pertinent because you know spoiler alert whoa no a second here no all i was gonna say is that it, it's not really a spoiler but it just talks a little bit about the upcoming movie so it's kind of like a trailer so it's oh. not really a spoiler but it made me kind of think about that and be like you know what i'm, I'm curious about this because i i feel like i'm the only one that does this whenever i go to movies I'm usually the only person in there that sits through to the end if there is one. So I'm going to give you the floor here. Give me, give me your thoughts on the credit cookie as they call it. Credit cookie. Uh, you know, man, when you presented this as a discussion topic, I, I, I sat and I thought long and hard about, okay. Uh, uh, he said hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hard. Uh, <laughs> Another Mike Judge here. Mike Judge is uh, permeating all over the fucking Joe Blow Horror Show. Fuck yeah, dude. I, I, <clears throat> I sat down and thought about it, and I'm like, what post-credit or mid-credit scene really, really jumps out at me? And there were, there were a few that kind of came to mind, but I, I, I'm being like straightforward with you. I don't have a lot of love, really, for the post-credit scene. I don't, I, I, I get what it is and I, I kind of dig it, but it feels like an unofficial part of the movie that kind of just is there. Well, Marvel turned that on its head and said, no, these are crucial plot points that you need to pay attention to to get a glimpse of the, the story spreading or evolving. So that idea, I kind of started to be like, all right, maybe it's more than what I thought. Maybe it's not something to just be like, ah, this is a throwaway, whatever. Like how you said, a lot of times back in the day, post-credit scenes were bloopers. It were it, <laughs> from Liar Liar. He folds up the tinfoil. A goose. That's always been one of my favorite bloopers. <laughs> I love that shit. Um, so I, I kind of fall in the middle. It depends on what the post-credit scene is. I'm going to say it right now. And, and Evil Dead fans out there who know that I love Evil Dead are going to be like, what? But the Ash stinger at the end of Evil Dead 2013 is totally unnecessary. I'd rather it not be there. Yeah. Yeah. It he doesn't fit the to, tone. It doesn't. And he has, he has nothing to do with the movie. Right, right. This movie doesn't need him. That's no. why he's after all the credits. Because it doesn't need him. So that, that, that post-credit scene, I'm like... Ah, I could take her leave now for the for the Friday. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, you got fucking pretzel brain, bitch. I'm doing the fumble fuck tonight. <laughs> you can't name the episode that it won't upload on Apple. Um, fumble fuck would be an awesome name for the episode, though. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying the Child's Play franchise started having stingers. And the more recent ones involved. Chucky mailing himself to Andy's house as an adult. Yep. Yes. You, you saw that, right? Yep. Yep. All right. I won't go into it any further, but that was awesome. And then in the very next movie, the post-credit scene brought back Kyle from part two. That blew my mind even more. I was like, holy shit, dude. So sometimes I guess a post-credit scene it's really just one last like way to leave the theater like hot, right? Or thinking or like it's that exactly. Yeah. 
It's that one last little jolt before you walk out the door to keep your mind on on the film. So in that regard, I, I went into the thought process thinking, I don't really like them most, or I don't care if they're there or not. They could be cool, but I don't care. Then I looked at it from the Marvel storytelling perspective and gained a little respect for it as a, um, not a plot, is it a, that would be a plot device? No, wrong term. A storytelling uh, element that, they, that they're yeah. incorporating into yeah. the medium of film and making it important. They made it, Marvel made that important. Before them, it was not necessarily like a universally important thing that you had to, oh, I'm going to sit here and make sure. And like Boston was saying, I'm going to Google before I even fucking walk in here and, and make sure I got to sit. I didn't know there's a post-credit scene to uh, the new Texas Chainsaw. He walks back to the original home from 1974. Yep. That's amazing. I saw that one and I got the, I got the goosebumps. So that one, that one really did it for me. When I was thinking about this and after some thought and really analyzing it, I realized that I really am a big fan of the post-credit scenes. If we're talking outside of horror, I think the movies that have done it best are the Marvel movies because you always have the, the cameos by, oh, God bless it. I'm not the biggest fan. Um, Stan Lee. Stan Lee. I was going to say Arlie Ermey, but that's way off. So you have Stan Lee in there, or you have like some comedic element. But as a whole, I what think. What is your malfunction, Mickey Mouse? <laughs> as a whole, I think they're done pretty well overall because I do like the comedic element. However, my favorite ones are the ones that do tie up either some sort of plot hole or. I mean, if we think about it, there's a lot that do set up sequels that never get sequels, but bringing it back around to the horror genre, the Conjuring universe, most of those movies have one. If you, if you think about setting up the nun and all that kind of stuff are done pretty well, but I do like, like you were saying, that's the biggest thing is they, it's that last little thing that leads, you know, when you go to a movie in the theater, a lot of the times you go with friends or, or your girlfriend, wife or whatever. And it's just that little extra oomph that gives you something to talk about. So as you're walking out, you're like, oh my gosh, it, it, it encourages that conversation, not only about your thoughts on the movie, but that little stinger at the end as well. So I do love when they tie together, you know, some loose ends here or there, or a little 30 second, but a couple of my favorites, and, and I will go ahead and say, if you haven't seen The Gray, Liam Neeson. I haven't. I have not. Haven't? No. Oh. Don't fucking, don't, don't oh. do it. Don't do it. What about The Thing 2011? Uh, I haven't seen that either. Well. Yeah. Change of plans. We are not going to talk about those because those, huh? I, I put those down as my favorites. I, sure- I'll give you. I'll give you my least favorite okay. singer of all time. Go for um, it. There, there's a, there's a, a, uh, it's, uh, it's a terrible movie. Dragon Ball Evolution. This is not horror. All right. But fuck this stinger. There's a 0% okay? chance I'll ever watch it. So go ahead. Good. Spoiler. Don't, 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 don't watch it. I meant the whole terrible. movie. Yeah. The it's terrible. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a live action adaptation of the the Dragon Ball anime, which I love in my heart, deep down. And this movie is America as fuck, and it's stupid, and it's terrible, it's horrible, it's stupid. 
And then they have a stinger at the end where Laura Piccolo wakes up in a hospital. That's it. It's stupid. Anyone out there who knows Dragon Ball is already happy that I'm saying that this this sucks. Trust me. So worst stinger ever. The worst ever. Well, you kind of like ran on my prey because I really wanted to talk about the great. How about this? I'll just go ahead and uh, tune out for about, you know. No, no, because in case you go back and listen. What I will say is that both of those, I will say the gray is definitely going to be on the fringe horror side, but it definitely fits in the genre. The movie is phenomenal, and I loved the post credits. So everybody listening that's seen the movie knows how it ends. And then there's something at the end of the credits that makes you raise a question mark. And the thing 2011, I can't even really say much about that I, one. I, I can I can guess how it ends. The thing 2011? Yeah, I can guess what the stinger is. Well, I'd rather you not because that's probably a spoiler to those that haven't seen it. But Oh, well, I thought you were going to spoil them anyway if I'd have seen them. That's the way you uh, made it up. But, but I mean, I, I'm kind of second guessing that now. I'm, I'm going to leave that this. as a little hook. I'm going to say this. Dog. I am going to dangle my worm on yeah, a hook. There you go. And huh? if if you guys want, check those movies out. They're both phenomenal, phenomenal movies. And we'll we'll end the discussion topic on on that. Those are my two favorites. So, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response. Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Anything you want to add before we move on? Yeah, I'd make a hell of a deadite. That's all I'm going to say. Ricky was talking about wanting to be a deadite, maybe fucking a deadite. That that oh sorry that was on the nightclub, uh, dude. I'm on two shows. I get some sometimes. I get and because now, <laughs> you, and like Grindhouse and shit have been on the the nightclub. I get things all fucked up. We've got we've got jokes running through both shows. <laughs> you know it's been a minute since we pimped out the nightclub, but I was just on the nightclub. I infiltrated their airwaves and yeah. make sure you go and check out the last episode they have because oh, it won't be the last by the time this comes out. Because yeah, um, <laughs> no, wait, I'm serious. What's, I've got what's one it? Episode. What's it titled? Uh, the title of the episode. This episode, the intrusion is the Pabon. It's D A P A S B O N. The Pabon. It means the no good. The um, no good. Check that out because Boss Tuna truly yours truly infiltrated their airwaves and we played a game that was awesome called kaiju giallo and that's all i'm gonna say i created the best it was the best it was huge it was awesome horror movie ever it's called the schooner pooner massacre and if you want to hear how the schooner pooner massacre movie comes about tune into that episode fuck yeah so when we when we come back for zombie gem of the week stay tuned folks
Tibu, one of my favorite segments, one of our listeners' favorite segments, Zombie Jam of the Week, and it just happens to be a random week because we definitely don't do this weekly, and I can't sit here and act like we're sitting down in this continuous recording because let's be real here. It's been six weeks since we recorded the rest of the episode. <laughs> we've had a we've had a a good spell of time in between yeah a, unfortunately a good spell of time if if there's no if there's no continuity um in the way it sounds because of uh missing jokes um or maybe i'm more the, the best part's gonna be <laughs> the horror happenings in the news yeah when we recorded it, we're like, oh, yeah, this is going to come out and it's going to be right on topic and time. And you know what? Let's just break that fourth wall. It's May 5th today. And I think it was like March when we were recording the first part. Fuck me running. Oh, well. So there you, you know, go. Well, we, we, we've, been, we've been busy. We've been busy. Welcome to the life back shit, door you know? of the Joe Blow Horror Show, the stinky, dirty back door, back room. Hey. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> I was gonna. I was just gonna. I'd love to taste you. I was just gonna crack that joke, but I'll. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll everyone's gonna get pissed now. No, I do apologize. It's been so long. People are listening to this like we just listened ninety percent of this episode. And these fools are coming back. Talking <laughs> I, I late the for the delay. I tried to get back. We've been getting blown up on the social needs and I got back to most of you. I apologize for those. I haven't, but we're going to get better into this recording and, or not recording. It's just getting it released kind of thing. But yeah, without further ado, let's hop into the zombie jam. But I mean, I, it's a new day and I got a new beer. So I just wanted to talk about real quick here. <laughs> my beer that I got it's millstream brewing and it's called the pants off dance off. It's a Whoa. pistachio cream ale and it sucks. Normally we come with some, some <laughs> bangers. This one sucks. It's, you know what? I'm all about that nut flavor in my mouth, but <laughs> not with this beer. <laughs> it doesn't wait work. till you wait till we hook up. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do the dance off dance off. Um, no, well, I, I'm drinking the old tried and true Imperial IPA tonight because, you know, I didn't plan on this being a uh, some weird excursion to some off brand uh, place where people have their pants off. But <laughs> get, get ready because tonight we have something fun or something interesting to talk about in and our zombie jam of the week. Yes. Or, yes. Let's get into the. Zo- oh, wait, before we get into that. I tried to edit out some stuff, but we may have had multiple spoilers about a special guest. Clearly, there is no special guest. The special guest is Boss Tuna and Tibu. I did have a legit, I would say, well, not legit. Everyone we have on the show is legit. I would yeah. say we had an established podcaster lined up, and we just couldn't make these. That's part of the reason why we're coming out later we're well, coming out later they're like oh you what, what? but anyways we last, we this, guy be back. this guy will be yeah. back it's just us tonight you guys have to have to power through and listen to tibu and boss tuna just like the olden days but let's get into this zombie jam of the week let me give you 
the ground rules. Under no circumstances is anyone that come within spitting distance of that earth. What happens if it breaks? That urn contains an evil spirit, and when it breaks, it escapes and curses you. You're weird, man. Don't cry. I'm not crying. I'm sweating in my eyes. Imminent doom is upon us here, Becky. Imminent doom. Ma? Maybe if we're really quiet, she'll just go back to sleep. going to kill themselves. Ah! Oh, come back as zombie demons and try and kill us. Everybody grab a weapon. Dead Before Dawn or Dead Before Dawn 3D is the zombie jam that I chose for this segment. This is from 2012 Rated R, clocking in at 88 minutes. This is an adventure comedy horror. It's a little bit different from a lot of the zombie gems we've had in the past, wouldn't you say? Oh, hell yeah. This it's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's different. <laughs> it's, it's different. It's different. We're going to get into it, but I'll read you the synopsis quick, quick like a monkey. A group of college kids accidentally create and then unleash a curse that makes anyone they come into contact with kill themselves and turn into zombie demons, or as we find out, Zemans. 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 This has a bunch of actors where if you saw the name, you'd be like, huh? But if you saw their face, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I know them. So Casper is played by Devin Bostick. Charlotte is played by Martha McIsaac. And she is very recognizable. She was the, the period dancer, I guess I'd call her in Superbad. Superbad, then, yeah. Yep, we have a national treasure in this one, Christopher she's, Lloyd. She, she, she's not Becca. She's the girl that, um, oh, God, what's that skinny? Oh, she's the period dancer, boy. isn't she? Yeah, but she, she's... Uh, She's not Becca. Becca's the girl that Jonah Hill's after. That's, um, oh, fuck, man. I'm fucking this all up. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Continue with your cast. You think about that. The director also starred in this, April Mullen, and she was Becky Ford. So she was the, there was the blonde one and then his friend one, and that's who she was. Also, you'll recognize, you may recognize Kevin McDonald. He played Professor uh, Reginald, what was his? Professor, was it Murphy or something or whatever? But he was from. Uh, no, it was uh, like like Dougie or something like that or some shit. Yeah, it was Reggie. I can't remember, but he was he was in Kids of the Hall. I was like, oh yeah, I know exactly who that is. And there was a couple others you might recognize in there as well too. I think Boy Banks, I recognize him. He was the gas station attendant. I can't think offhand. Oh, he was, yeah, he was Tucker and Dawn of the Dead. That's right. He was the one that drove the van and was like, well, I guess I got, I just had to go and pick them all up kind of thing. So there, there he was, was also, some, 
I got I gotta say special props to the the granddad in this movie. I don't know who that actor is, but he's phenomenal. He he seems like he could have been iconic at some point or another. Are you talking about Christopher Lloyd that we already talked about? Oh, yeah. I gave him some love. Yeah, Christopher. I call I call him the national treasure. How dare you? How no, I'm just I'm just fucking around, man. Christopher fucking Lloyd. <laughs> I know, I know. And he is look, he's awesome. Just saying. He 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 is. He is. This was what four years before I am not a serial killer, which we yeah. may or may not have covered. Oh, we did. No, I know. Yep. We covered notch. that with 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 our Z Men all over the place. <laughs> we were fucking spraying Lloyd down with the Z-Man on that, yes, that one. Yes. As I said before, directed by April Mullen, and she's a dime. She's one of the first movies she directed, did a great job, and she was in it, started it as well, too. And she was in a lot of it, too. So very, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, Tibu, have you seen this movie before? No, I never even heard of it. And okay. when you... When you- when you suggested it and you called it dead before dawn 3d immediately i was like well this is gonna suck and then i looked it up and i'm like well, it's not dead before dawn 3d it's just dead before dawn they might have had a, three, a 3d version but yeah. i don't see where that's at so i watched this movie on tubi it's free right now it is it's free on so, plex as well too there you go <laughs> um yeah, so I'd never seen it before. First time watch. Um, didn't know what I was getting into, and I mean, do I talk about what I'm, what I like, my the feels I got from it? Because me, I got I some want, feels. I want your Zeman feels all my over Z- me right now. My Zeman feels all over your face, neck, and chest. Is this felt like a two thousands teen comedy? This felt like a road trip or like a euro trip or um uh uh what's that movie uh, orange county mm-hmm. or it, it felt it felt like a a teen romp with horror infusion but completely comedy the whole way through it's no doubt yeah. um it felt cheesy but familiar self-aware. and self-aware but familiar familiar for me yeah. I was like, oh, I know what this movie is. And and at a certain point, I knew what it was. And and I was like, I I, I got into it. I got into it. And I kind of I kind of went for the hear. ride. I'm glad yeah. to hear. Yeah, this this is for what it is, it's it's a great, great the biggest thing is underseen for what it is. It's funny, when I was making notes on this, I was trying to like fit it into a category and what's it like, what's it remind me of. And one of the things that I wrote down was cooties with, Oh, what's his name? Radio flyer kid. Um, never saw it. You never, you never saw radio flyer or cooties. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm fired. Yep. Brian house. Well, we're going to take a break for a hot second. We're going to look this up for you. <laughs> Elijah Wood. How the hell can I not come up with Elijah Wood? God damn, cuz. <sighs> yes. Cooties. Elijah Wood. I can't believe you haven't seen Cooties. But, anyways, I wrote down in my notes reminds me of Cooties. I get done with the movie. I'm writing some notes on it. And uh, I watched it on Tubi as well. 
And it was like, next suggestion coming up, cooties. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So (laughs) apparently someone else thinks this is like cooties too. But if we're talking a little bit about the plot here and everything, it's, it is a definitely a comedy first, but essentially we have high school characters and that's why I was saying it's self-aware. It's very meta because you have 30 year olds playing high school characters so that's kind of funny in itself and the director is playing a high school chick as well but you have cast young though i I, I gotta say they look young but they don't look like they're in fucking high school dude i mean i i i kind of bought um the direct or the uh, bostic devin devin bostic yeah i I bought him yeah casper i bought him as a you're old as fuck right now dude you're old yeah i know damn damn Man, I'm getting up there, like, guys. I got I a message. I, I, I got a message uh, like two weeks ago for my 20th year class reunion. God bless. Wow. Him. Wow. Yeah, I'm getting there too. Like I, I. So. Yeah, a lot of these characters to me look young enough. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not saying it didn't work for me, but I just was like, yeah, there's there's no way. And well, was I was gonna funny. say though, but what's their friend Zach? Um, the 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 mug the mug salesman. Oh yeah, I yeah the <laughs> oh your wiener mug, dude. The one liners in this, the one liners in this are absolute fucking gold. Uh, all day today, I was calling Tibu horse breath, or I was like, "What's up, sack breath?" The one liners <laughs> are absolute comedy gold. But what's the one at the end where uh, <laughs> they use for the urn? They use the hot dog mug, and then yeah. he has that dumb a wiener. Wiener a wiener urn. a wiener and i'm like oh my god and it's so stupid. <laughs> but no no let's backtrack just a little bit here for people that are not going to watch this movie and they're wondering what the fuck we're talking about casper is a high school kid the beginning of the movie opens with his grandpa's got a little knickknack shop like an antique store kind of thing what do they call it like the occult something or another it's got it's, weird it's books. Not, it's it's an oddity shop and yep. when you go in there you're immediately transported to a world of everything in here is fucking strange and weird and off kilter and it's fun it's intriguing yes so there's this urn it's like a skull urn it drops kills his dad flash forward many years later when he's in high school his grandpa aka christopher lloyd runs a shop he's got this trophy he needs to go collect and he's trying to get uh casper it's it's a lifetime achievement award for being into the occult so he's really psyched and Casper's like, I got football practice. Meanwhile, he's not a football. No. He's like, player. Oh, I dislocated my appendix. I can't come grandpa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so stupid. And then they like, just there, there's, it's one of those movies where they, the, the jokes almost are overtold, but you know, the example is, is they don't call it football. They call it the footballs. They're like, well, I didn't know you were into the footballs. And his mom's like, well, you're in footballs. Like, I didn't know you're playing the footballs. The same thing with the weed, like three or four, five different times. You're like, Casper, are you on the weed? It's just so stupid, but, but it works in the context of, of the film. Yeah. Yeah, it does. But yeah, they, they all drop those. Go ahead. Oh, go. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say they all they they're screwing around in the shop. Grandpa's going to get that that award. They drop the urn, and the yeah, way that Papa Lloyd is leaving the shop, yeah. and he's like, "There's three rules. Ground rules. Three ground rules. 
three ground rules. <laughs> you, you don't close until it's closing time. You lock up when you leave. And for God's sake, don't fuck with that urn, basically. He don't say fuck with, but he's like, don't touch that urn. Like, don't let anything happen. And, and Casper's like, all right, cool. And what's he do? He fucks with the fucking urn because yeah. some chick, because you some knew he's into walks in. Oh, yeah. yeah. She comes in and he's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll show you the urn. <laughs> and he drops it on the fucking floor like a klutz. And, and the way that, that up, the curse starts. They, well, I'm sorry. They built that up, though, that he's a clumsy fuck. Yep. He's always clumsy. So uh, when he got the urn down, I'm like, okay, here we go. He's about to drop it. And he does. And yeah, t- tell tell everybody about this curse and how it comes to, to pass. It's almost like when it happens, all the high school kids are joking and they're making things up about the curse. They're like, oh, we're cursed now. <laughs> like, like if you look someone in the eyes, then they're cursed and they're going to kill themselves. No, but then afterwards, they're going to turn into a zombie and then someone else is like a demon. They're like, oh, it's going to be a zombie demon. We'll call him a Z-man. And then someone else is like, but if you make out with them, they're your slave. Yeah. It's they're going to so... try to kill you with hickeys. Yeah, it's, it's so stupid, <laughs> but it works. It works really well. And, you know, the whole movie is, is this like little adventure kind of thing. You're right. It's, it's way, way, way more comedy. It's got enough horror elements. It's, it's on the same level as like, um, like, a, like one of the later, like maybe the third or later return of living dads for how goofy and silly it is, mm. but there's really nothing that dark about it. Um, even well, it, well, okay. Well, the ending, I mean, that's different, but yeah, the movies, the movies, I mean, like Casper, like spoilers, spoiler time. Yep. Casper sees his dad die, then his mom, because yeah, he, he, that was, he, yep, he knows. This shit's real. Papa told me about this. It's real. Granddad wouldn't lie. Papa would not lie. So, w- whenever it's coming down, like everything's happening, he boards up his house. He's fucking like, fuck this. Don't make eye contact. Don't do nothing. Um, his mom's in his room, and that's what you said. She's like, Are you on the weed? And are he's looking at her. Casper, are you on the weed? Well, then the <laughs> high school teacher says it too. That high school, that that teacher though, he's the best. He's a voice actor as well, and he he's awesome. I, I recognized him from um, Lilo and Stitch. Um, mm-hmm. he, he he's great, but everything that 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 was foretold, Casper is like he's paying heed to to the warnings. <clears throat> he thinks it's safe, but it's not. And his mom fucking kills herself, so his mom dies. He saw his dad die coming up later Paul Paul comes back and you know I mean there's some pretty good scenes too how about you have the high school kid which is the his fr- female friend Becky Ford which is also the director of the movie but she's dating one of the TAs and she goes over to his house like for a second there I'm like wait they must be in college but like no no it's it's high school but the TA is over there and just how silly and stupid. And they make him to be this, uh, I don't even know what you call him. He, he's an academic, but he's into poetry and he's like trying to get her all liquored up on wine and confessing his love to her. And 
there's so much of this. And this is one of those movies too. I think listeners of the show, I've said this before. I'm, I'm not, I love comedies, but it takes a, it, it takes a special comedy to actually make me laugh. And this was one of those where I was like, I was having a good time with it. I didn't necessarily laugh out loud, but it was enough where I really had a good time with it. And the jokes kind of landed. It's one of those where if you tell a joke 10 times, the 11th time, you're going to be like, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. And it kind of grows on you a little bit. And, and they do a good job of that as well. Also, the one thing I noticed is the color palette of this movie. I'm drawing comparisons again, but Tibu, you remember when we watched and covered Fido, as, as Rickles would say, but Fido, this one no, was that was drunk Darius that said that. That said, oh yeah, yeah, but no, I'm asking you. You remember when we covered Fido, right? Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> so Fido kind of had colors that popped. This one, in I would say the first act, it was very very heavy on the blues and the grays, and that really stood out. Like it, visually, it looked it looked really good. It was really focusing on those colors before we went into the. I would say the nighttime scenes, but I thought it was pretty cool. I think this is a Canadian film. I think it was actually filmed in Canada and it reminded me a lot of back home, the Northern Minnesota, but I do love when you're getting your establishing shots of the, the store, like grandpa's grandpa's oddity store and how it's kind of contrasted into the background. And, and I'm completely sounding like a pinky lifted wine drinking film reviewer right now but that that kind of stood out for me this whole movie culminates to me in some sort of weird it's not a road trip movie because it all takes place in the same town but you're they travel. <laughs> they travel from location to location and i mean it's it it gave me vibes from from movies i watched when i was growing up it really did like like and like i said 2000s comedies teen comedies and this is not a movie for everyone. This probably ain't a movie for most people, I guess. I don't know. I, I would disagree with that. Well, I'm saying considering how it's under, like, like underbaked, under talked about. But yeah, you're right. There's probably an audience for this movie. And I think maybe we're that audience. I don't know. Yeah. Um, th- th- this movie was a lot of fun. And we say that so much, but it's true. It's, it was fun to watch. And am I going to watch it again tomorrow? No. Am I going to watch it again 10 years from now? Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Like, this is the kind of film that I might revisit, like, for real. I had fun with it. The, the effects are really cool for the low budget that they had. And what they managed to pull off with some of the, the set pieces, like the, the football field, that's impressive. That's very impressive. Yeah, there is a lot of actors in that that one scene. It does have some CGI that was probably not very good at the time. And fast forward to 10 years later, it really didn't hold up. But again, in the context of the movie, it, it worked because you're not expecting that. And I would piggyback on top of what you said and that it, it is a fun movie. This is one of those where I think that watching it yourself, you'll have a good time. But this is, I picture myself, like, I wish I could have seen this back in the day and, or, I mean, back when I was in college, because this is a really good movie to watch with a group of friends, because it's one of those where a joke would land with somebody and maybe not with you, 
but they would start laughing and then you would start laughing and it would just be a really, really fun movie. Overall, it's pretty mild. As we had said, it's not necessarily a, a, you know, it's a, it's a comedy with horror elements, but a lot of the jokes did land and I thought it was pretty good. I just wasn't, you know, the one that was laughing out loud because I was watching by myself. But if I was watching with a group of friends, I think you'd have a lot of fun with this movie. So this is definitely one where I'd say, you know, you can pop it on when you're doing the dishes or folding laundry or, or whatever, or with a group of friends and you'd have a really good time with it. Yeah. This, this is a party film. Watch this with friends because y'all are going to have a good fucking time laughing at, I mean, maybe some of the jokes won't land anymore because we're X number of years removed from back when you could make certain kinds of jokes ish, but <laughs> even still, man, I, 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 I don't know. Like this, I, I hate, I hate being redundant, but damn, this was, it was fun. It was fun. Fun is the, the perfect adjective for this movie. So yeah, I mean, there's really, one of the things too that I thought was really funny it was watching this 10 years later the gas station scene there's a big scene and it's just so silly I mean in that gas station scene alone is pretty funny it just just how stupid this you know what not it just came to my head and popped in my head this is the type of silly dumb comedy that I would expect out of like John C. Riley and, and Will Ferrell in a movie together because I'm just thinking of that gas station scene where they put those glasses on and they're they're doing like the stevie wonder where they're like looking up they're trying not to make contact with the guy because they don't want to turn him into a a zeman and it's yeah but anyways that whole gas station scene what i noticed was gas at the time was a dollar 31 i'm like holy we're living in 2022 when we're paying four dollars a gallon for gas i was like oh man that those were the times eh I remember when it was a dollar something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I thought I was like, oh man, back 10 years ago, dollar 31 for gas. But what do you think, Tibu? Any final thoughts, etc., with Dead Before Dawn? Slash, you know, another thing too is you're confused about the dead, the 3D part. This, I believe I read somewhere that this was the first movie that was shot in excuse me, um, what do they call it? Stereo or God bless it. I can't think of it, but it was one of the first movies that was shot in that whatever format for 3d in Canada. Yeah, dude. Uh, no, I didn't know what they were doing. I don't know what the 3d is for, but I mean, I, I mean, it's it legit. You can watch a 3d, but yeah, it's, it's, this is a 3d movie. It was shot. God, I want to say, what's the term I'm looking for? Stereoscopic or something whatever the hell it's called but anyways yeah it it's it, there is a 3d version of this somewhere but what are your final thoughts and ratings on dead before dawn 2012 final thoughts and ratings are this movie reminded me of a lot of films i saw growing up and i was down with it i was down with it from the start and christopher lloyd was a bonus he was just great but everybody else was surprisingly good the overacting was fun um, the plot, I, I mean, I, you know, you, you could you could compare this to other films, but this movie was doing its own kind of thing. Yeah, it was. Something you'd find wherever. And I don't know, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna be serious right now. I'm gonna give this a seven and a half out of ten. 
I really yeah. liked this movie a lot. I, I, I got, I, I give it, I give it like, like some love for real. Like this movie, seven to seven and a half, somewhere in there. Like it's in 7.25. That's where I'm going to say this movie lands. 7.25 for Dead Before Dawn. If you're a fan of a certain type of film, if you grew up with a certain type of film like I did, then then this would totally reach you and you you'd have a ton of fun with this movie. It's a blast. I I I I I didn't expect to like this as much as I did, and I'm I'm happy that, that I enjoyed it this much. I'm glad you did too. And and I'm gonna go ahead and, and help you out with that reach around and say that Boss Tuna's rating, again, I'm I'm pretty pretty standard on my ratings overall, but I do have a zombie gem rating. So the zombie gem rating I have for dead before dawn is an eight. And if I were to like throw that into like a real life rating, that would still be probably like a six and a half ish or a seven, because this movie, especially for a zombie gem, this is a true zombie gem. I like to come at you guys with movies that you haven't heard or seen or maybe are less talked about overall. And, you know, again, what Tibu said, this is a fun movie in general, and it's a really good movie as far as a zombie gem goes. Zombies, the the genre is overplayed. You're going to find a lot of the same. This is one that's a little bit different because it does have that comedy element that works. The plot's a little bit different as well, too, so... I mean, check it out. This is a really fun movie. Tibu is giving this a real rating, I believe, of 7.25. Is that correct? Yeah, 7.25 yeah. out of 10. Fuck yep. yeah. Yep, and and I'm coming in for Boss Tuna's Zombie Gem rating. This is at least an 8, and, and you're convincing Whoa. me that that's low for the Zombie Gem. But, again, in all actuality, this is going to be about a 7 for a real movie. Because this was fun. It was it was really fun. You can show this to anybody. It doesn't have gratuitous gore or sex or boobs or whatever. I mean, this is one that, you know, you can show to your 14-year-old kid for all that matters. But fun movie, for sure. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Because this is the end of our first road trip. After this, we're going to hop back into the RV. And we are going to truck on down to the road and we have a double bill, double feature coming at you. But before we do that, Tibu, anything you want to leave our loyal listeners with that are really pissed off because we went like a month and a half without a, I think our last episode was our, our, our uh, leprechaun episode. And that's been a long time and shame on us. Um, good things come to those who wait. Yes, what he said. So we're going to hop back into the RV. We have a double bill coming at you. We're going to head down to the drive-in because the next time you hear us, we will be covering The Borrower from 1991 and Skull the Mask from 2021. A nice little 30-year gap in that. So folks, I hope this was fun. I hope you had a new recommendation to add to your list. And I hope this was as good for you as it was for us. Oh, hard. <laughs> <laughs>